You're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. We're going to be talking about wisdom, and I'm going to do my best to build on this morning. Um, it's hard because there's some, power, there's some really important keys that are, that are in the Word of God about how to receive wisdom and how to stay connected to the flow of wisdom. The Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit, He's the one that has all the wisdom, and He lives inside of you. There's a scripture in the New Testament that actually says that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. So all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. And um, Proverbs 2 says, when you search for wisdom as you would for hidden treasure, you seek for it as for hidden treasure, then you will find the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. So there's something about motivation. If you don't want to seek wisdom, you're not looking for it, you're not going to find it. And there's the, the, the foundation scripture we're reading from also is Proverbs chapter 3, uh, most of the chapter. But we're going to pick it up in verse 13. It says, blessed or happy is the man who finds wisdom. So you've got to be looking for it. It's a really, really important key to walk in wisdom. You've got to be looking for wisdom. And the man who gains understanding, for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. So gaining wisdom is, more, is much better than getting gold, fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. All the rubies in the world, wisdom is still better. And all the things you may desire cannot be compared with her. Now you, The Bible's really, really clear about it. You and I have to hunger for wisdom as if we would for hidden treasure. And I don't know about you, but if I knew that a hidden treasure was somewhere and I knew where it was. I had a map, you know, those good old movies that you have and you find that the map's going to lead you to the treasure. If I knew the treasure was definitely there and this was a reliable map, I'll do whatever it takes to find the treasure because I know what I'm going to do with the money, use it for, for the kingdom and, and, and see the gospel change people's lives. Thanks, mate. Thanks. So the, the important thing is we've really got to know that we need wisdom and hunger for it Wisdom is available. It goes on to say that in verse 19, when he builds up wisdom, the case for wisdom, and it talks about her ways of, her ways of pleasantness and, her, and all her paths of peace is found in verse 17. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Happy are all who retain her. Then it goes on to say like a climax. It's like saying, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. We're talking about God himself used wisdom to create the earth, to found the earth. And by understanding, he established the heavens. So if God needed wisdom, and he, he used wisdom to establish the earth, created the earth, imagine how powerful wisdom is. So we've got to be hungry for wisdom. Wisdom is available. He's the, wisdom is in Christ. Christ is all the wisdom available for you that, that you need. You can, have, you can have all the treasure in the world and all the wealth of the world. Without wisdom, it's not going to help you much. But if you have wisdom, the treasure of the world will follow you anyway. If you really have the wisdom of God, the, the riches and, and uh, honor are in wisdom's left hand. It'll follow you. <clears throat> Another thing that wisdom, when you look at wisdom, it's, you got, it's, out of these keys, there's a lot about being teachable. Solomon says, um, do not be wise in your own eyes. Now, what does that mean to you? To be, don't be wise in your own eyes. To me, I think Solomon is the wisest man on the earth, and he's saying, when I try to give people wisdom, when people are already filled, wise in their own eyes means they're already full. They already think they know it. If you already think you know it, you're not going to look for more wisdom. If your cup is full, you're not trying to get more. 
So if you think, I, I, I'm, I'm wise in my own eyes, it means I already, in my eyes, I think I know it. That's arrogancy. That's pride. So humility is a massive key to open your heart to wisdom. Being humble, being obviously teachable. We, we see that from verse uh, 11. I'm, I don't, I'm only really recapping really, really quickly, just to lay a quick foundation. Verse 11 says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. So correction, when God corrects us, it's a loving correction. It's a beautiful, it's a real, really encouraging correction. Like he, he wants the best for us. And he does it lovingly, kindly, gently. We've got to welcome that. But it's about being teachable. Because if we're not teachable, God has some wisdom to bring us into, but we don't want to even listen. I was using a, a little example of my uh, daughter, and um, don't, don't say anything to her, but just that she had a, she had a little, I won't go into it, she had a little uh, experience of stressing out about missing a bus to go to Canberra because she couldn't find her, her winter jacket. And we were a little bit late, but she was never going to miss the bus. And, and worst case scenario, if we missed the bus, I would have driven her to Can Canberra. That's how committed a loving father is. So, so, but in her mind, she was, oh, no, I'm going to miss the bus. It was, it was a big thing. And I wanted to try to share some life skills, some, 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 some thoughts. Loving that. I'm going to find the right time, right moment, sit down with her, usually at bedtime. Say, hey, let's talk about that. Let's, go, let's revisit that. Let's, let's just talk about life lessons, like how we didn't have to worry. We didn't have to cry. We didn't have to freak out. We didn't have to stress out. Do you think she gave me the chance to talk about it? No. She didn't want to go there. No, Dad. No, I don't want to talk about it. I don't, it was too hurtful for her to even think about it. I don't want to visit it. Now, all I was trying to do, um, no condemnation whatsoever, no, no accusation, not an ounce. All I wanted to do is show her for next time the jacket was in the classroom. Teachers helped her find the jacket. She's gone onto the bus. It was all fine. And just try to help a little mind process thought life that you don't have to worry then it's have anxiety if i can teach her the battle win the battles now when she becomes an adult she'll know how to deal with it so but as a young daughter don't say anything to her don't even bring it up to her okay because it's a sensitive issue for her you know her mind is a big thing but it's over because she got to go to Canberra. she loved it but what i'm trying to say is isn't that us god's trying to speak to us about a lesson about something that i could listen to him and he says leah there's a better way to do that and we don't even let him talk to us about it well, he's a loving father. So if you want wisdom, you have to be teachable. And I really, I really believe wisdom is everywhere around us. Well, where do you find a Bible for that? It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's in chapter 1, verse 20. Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. Just go outside and look at wisdom. It's everywhere around you. She cries out in the chief concourses. At the openings of the gates in the city. That's just the gates of the city. Every, in those days, every city had walls and gates. and Wisdom's just there. She speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? You scorners delight in their scorning. You fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. I'm always speaking. I'm always talking. I'm always correcting. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called you and you refused... I've stretched out my hand and no one regarded because you disdained all my counsel. He's basically saying, and would not know my rebuke, I will also laugh at your calamity. In other words, when I was trying to speak, you weren't listening. It's like me trying to speak to my precious daughter and wasn't ready to talk about it. And I think she could have learned some lessons. And I've got to learn her way of learning. Maybe it's process. Maybe she needs to reflect on it. Maybe I can say, hey, 
think about three things you could have learned from that and talk to me next week. Let her process advice of maybe she, she could work through that better. I don't know. But we're learning as parents as well. But wisdom is everywhere. It's in the streets. Go outside and have a look. Say, God, show me wisdom. It's everywhere. When I was meditating on this, I was on the Gold Coast having a holiday and we're up on a high area of, of, of a tower and I was looking outside, show me God. And he goes, Every, someone has to conceive a building. They have to have the idea. They have to plan it. They have to think about it. Then they have to design it. Then you have to plan it. You have to get the money. You have to have the budget. You got like just just thinking, just just asking God. Things come in the right time. You know, there's order there. There's a planning there in the streets. The lights they work. There's there's communication. There's just just it's wisdom is everywhere. We just got to be teachable. We got to be listening. We got to be open. And when you read in uh, uh, Proverbs chapter three, there's a lot of powerful things. One of the things is the word. It starts with the word. So we, we spoke about that this morning. Try to, if you can, go on the p- online podcast if you want the message from the morning about the word, the importance of the word of God. It starts with that. Then it's truth and mercy. Truth and mercy. Without truth and mercy, you won't walk in wisdom. You can have a lot of truth without mercy. You're cutting yourself, on, cutting yourself off from the wisdom of God. Jesus came with truth and grace, didn't he? If he just came with truth, he's going to hurt people. Ephesians 4 says we are the body of Christ and we tap into the wisdom of God. And it talks about speaking the truth in love, building one another up by speaking the truth. How? In love. Truth and mercy is another way of saying truth and love. Mercy, when you look it up in the Hebrew, it's it's mercy, it's kindness, it's loving kindness, it's graciousness. It's, It's the kindness of God, it's the grace of God, it's the love of God. In the New Testament, we understand it as grace, truth and grace. Jesus didn't just come with truth, or else the sinners wouldn't want to hang out with him. The sinners hanged out with him. I mean, the prostitutes were attracted to him. I can't imagine, even kids wanted to be with him. When Matthew chucked a dinner party, they all came. All the lost people came and wanted to hang out with Jesus. How would Jesus be like? So I don't think he was preaching at people and saying, you've got to change this, you've got to stop that, you've got to, you know, like without grace. Somehow he was showing truth and grace. On the other hand, if we only show grace and only show mercy to people, everything's fine. God loves you. I love you. No matter what you do, I love you. God loves you. It's fine. Yeah, no worries, mate. I love you. No worries. See, God doesn't like the sin, does he? But he loves the person. We, the church, have to be the same. We, We don't like the sin, but we love the person. We value who the person is. No matter what they're doing, it doesn't change our love, acceptance of them whatsoever. So that's the mercy, the grace, the kindness, and the love of God. But then truth has to be there, or else we're not going to help them. So how do we speak the truth to help them out of that, if there's a better way? You obviously share the gospel and so on. But to me, when you don't understand truth and grace, we limit ourselves from the flow of wisdom. And I'll, exp- I'll try to explain that a little bit more. If you, if you turn quickly to Ephesians 4, really quickly, I don't want to run out of time. Ephesians chapter 4. Really quickly, in verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, beg you, I, 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 I compel you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. God has called us to a high calling. Now, says, I, I beg you to walk into that. With all lowliness and gentleness, the word loneliness is humility, and gentleness, with long suffering, bear with one another in love. With all lowliness, 
that means humility, gentleness, with long suffering, bear with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Remember the word bond of peace. The word peace means to be made one again. The enemy's kingdom wants to divide us. God, when you come to his kingdom, he makes us one. Taps us into the wisdom that's in every single one of us. Your gifts are unique. They're from God. And unless I am made one to God, I'm made one in his purpose. And I'm here for him and to love him and to love people. And I'm connected to his kingdom. And I'm here to do his mission. You are too. That unites us. We're made one again. Yet we're all different. God has treasured wisdom, treasures inside every single person in the body of Christ. That's why the scripture is full of, um, open up our eyes to the hope of our calling. And it talks about this in, in all the saints. So the, the revelation of God is in all the saints. He's not going to give his whole revelation to one person. He gives all his revelation to all the saints. And we need one another. It's connected to the wisdom of God. I'll read it again. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond. What bonds us together? The fact that we're made one. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called into one hope of your calling. I mean, the, the enemy has got it really, really right because he divided us. I'm of this. What are you from? I'm from this. I'm on that. What denomination are you? Oh, what do you believe? I mean, back in the 80s when I became a Christian, we didn't say, hi, how are you? You're a Christian? Wow, fantastic. You love the Lord like I love the Lord. We said, what do you believe? Do you believe what I believe? Because if you don't believe what I believe, you're wrong, I'm right. That was the basis of the argument. That was the basis of how we related. And notice how I said argument? We used to look for arguments. How ridiculous is this? Imagine what God had to work with to bring us into his unity, into his oneness. It's completely different now, by the way. If you're a new believer, the, the church doesn't, most people in the church don't do that. If I meet someone that loves the Lord, I, I, I rejoice that he loves the Lord. It doesn't matter if his faith isn't exactly like mine or his expression isn't like mine. He loves the Lord. He, he's saved. He's my brother. He belongs to God. He belongs to the kingdom. Look what it said. There's one body. There's not two bodies, not three bodies, one body. God only sees one body. He just sees, if you're born again and love Jesus and accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you radically got born again, you, you're a follower of Jesus, there's only one. There's not one up there, one over there, one body, there, one up there, and they're all make up. It's not divided. He just sees one. So important to see this. We need to see ourselves the way he sees us. One Lord, so one body and one spirit, just as you were called into one hope of your calling. When you hear from the spirit, and I hear from the spirit, we hear from the same spirit. There are different gifts, but we all hear from the same spirit. Different expressions of those gifts, but all the same Lord. Different this, manifestation, but the same God. That's what the, the, the writings of the gifts talk about. And it talks about that we're on one body. We're all part of that body. You might be the ear, and you can hear good. Well, rejoice that you're not the eye. Stop trying to see with your ear. And stop trying to hear with your eye. Is that right? Yeah, hear with your eye. It's hard to say that. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each, that but, that's the big thing, the but. The but. Where's the but? Where's the but? Keep going. <laughs> it's coming. They're doing an amazing job. One God, one, one Father of all, who is above all, through all. Verse 7, but. Verse 7's coming. But. But. 
What's he saying? One, one, one. Think of one, one, Lord. One faith, one God. How do you see yourself? One, one, one. But to each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ. The word grace is a charisma. To, we, to each one of us, charisma has been given according to the measure of the Christ's gift. Each one of us, different graces, different gifts from Christ. In other words, yes, we're, we are one Lord, one God, one faith, one baptism, one purpose, one everything. But to each one of us, different gifts are given. Accept each other's differences. The only way you and I are going to have unity is in our diversity. In our diversity. I'm talking about the whole body of Christ too, not just in our local body here. But the whole body of Christ finds true unity in our diversity. Where we accept one another because you love the Lord. What, what, what brings us together? One Lord, one faith, one God, one baptism. One faith. There's only one faith. It's not another faith. You can't believe another faith. There's only one faith. The only way you're going to get to heaven is believe the faith in Christ and the cross. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. He gave gifts to men. Now, he who, keep the thought. He's not changing any thoughts here. He who, now, now, the, now this, he, he has ascended. What does it mean? But he also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. He's talking about Jesus. He himself gave some to be apostles. Now, the one who gave gifts, one of the things he gave to the body of Christ to mature us was the gifts of the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the evangelists, and the teachers. Man, they're so different to each other. They're completely different to each other. The pastor says, oh, we've got to love the people. We've got to shepherd the people. We've got to care what's wrong with the church. We're not shepherding, caring. We've got to love people, feed people, just be around them and just put your hand around them. Why isn't the church doing this? The evangelist goes, what's wrong with the church? Why aren't we evangelizing? We should be out there. We should be reaching. They're both exact, 100% right. They're just gifted differently. One's saying, I'm in the here. I can hear. One's saying, I can see. Another one, well, I'm the toes. I'm the legs. It's a different part of the body. A prophet says, why aren't we all prophesying? I need to teach everybody to prophesy. These gifts should be teaching the body to do that ministry. The prophet teaches all the saints to prophesy. It's to equip the saints to do the prophesying. To equip the saints to do the shepherding. To equip the saints to do the evangelizing. We got it all the other way around. Now we pay him. Now the evangelist comes in. He does the big crusade. He wins the lost. And he gets the job done. We do nothing. You see how wrong we got it in the past? If, you can, if you've been in the church for some time, you know what I'm talking about. But the, I'm talking about wisdom, actually. And the workings of God's kingdoms. God's kingdom. It's He gives his wisdom in us. Sometimes you can't find the answer because he gives my answer. It's in cell. I have to be humble enough, teachable enough, enough grace to, to receive it. Grace, you've got to show me some things sometimes. You've got to teach me. You know how much he teaches me? Heaps. And, that, and saying that, a pastor could be a pastor for 30 years and learn from a baby Christian. Because if you speak truth, <laughs> that's why the Bible says submit to, your, submit to one another out of the fear of God. Out of the fear of God, I'm to submit to you. If you bring truth, and I didn't think of that, well, that's the truth. I submit to that truth, even if it's a baby Christian, out of the fear of God. Because why? What are, we, what are we doing? We're all under God. We're all we're serving the King together. It doesn't matter who brings the truth. Now, keep that in mind. That's that's so important. What I just said, because then and then it goes on that talks about that we should no longer, verse 14, be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of teaching by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of 
disciple plots. In other words, if we don't have true apostles, true prophets, true evangelists, true, true pastors and teachers, we will be like children run around to and fro from all the winds of doctrine. If the true authentic gifts aren't teaching and equipping. And, but speaking the truth in love. There it is again, truth and mercy. In, in Proverbs it says, when you walk in truth and mercy, you will grow in favor with God and man. And you know what it says about Jesus? When he grew in the stature of stature, maturity and wisdom, he grew with favor with God and man. Wisdom gives you favor with God and with man. So, so important. Quickly go to James. We just want to look this up. And, and I really encourage you to read James, this chapter, the whole chapter, over and over and over and over uh, and over and over, maybe for a, about a month or so. That's how important it is. Just get it into you. Understand it. Get revelation. Meditate. Mull over it. Ask God to speak to you about it. But just quickly, a uh, real quick, we're going to read the word. Is that all right? You come to hear the word? Read from verse 1. My brethren, let, no man, not, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in the word, he is a perfect, mature man, able also to bridle the whole body. In other words, we stumble in many things. If you can tame this tongue, if you can watch what you say, if you know how to control what you say, that it only gives life, you're a mature person. If you know how to bridle this. Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit can bridle this tongue. To speak life only. Anyone that doesn't offend with this tongue is a mature person, right? For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in the word, he's a mature man and also able to bridle the whole mouth. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Now, I'm reading this on purpose so you can stay, stay in the flow of what James is trying to teach. What we read at the end about wisdom was connected to the first part. We put bits in horses' mouths. It's a little bit in the mouth of the horse. You know, I'm not a horse rider. I've ridden a horse when I was young. And, you know, you just, just move it and it follows. And so it, the little bit moves the whole body of the horse. Look at the ships. Look at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires it to go. The pilot just moves the thing and the little rudder turns and it moves the whole ship. Ship. I just didn't say the other word. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest fire is lit up by a little spark. Even the tongue is a small member among my body. Be careful what you say. Because a little spark can start a big bushfire. If it can start a bushfire, it talks about uh, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is set, so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. That's talking about the negative side of using the tongue. Your tongue can be used to start a negative fire of bushfire that's destructive. If the enemy can use your tongue, why can't God use your tongue? God can use your tongue in the same way the enemy can use it. And if you speak only the word of God, then you can speak and start fires for God. You can be a fire starter with your tongue. If you're on fire with God and you're in love with God, when you speak, it starts fires everywhere you go. So in other words, listen to this. Verse 7. So, for every kind of beast and birds and reptiles, creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. That's easy to understand. Every animal has been tamed by man, but no man, everybody say no man, can tame the tongue. We People read that, ha, so you can't tame the tongue. It didn't say you couldn't tame it. 
He said, no man can tame it. Are you trying to get a man to tame your tongue? You'll never work. The Holy Spirit can tame it. Holy Spirit inside of you can help you tame your tongue. Or else we're at this, at this, if this was true, like no man can tame it, oh, well, we've got no hope. We can never fix anything. It's not true. It's just saying no man can tame the tongue. That's all. No man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. In the natural, no one can do it. In the natural, they've all tamed animals, all types of animals. I mean, some wild animals they've tamed. I've ridden an elephant in India. And it might sound, so what? It's scary when you get on an elephant because it's a powerful animal. If it loses its temper, temper, we were in the traffic. There was cars, literally, that ne- like two meters away, flying. So if it got scared, I'm thinking, what happens if it reacts and gets scared? Man, there's walls here. I mean, anything could happen. There was a cliff. I mean, just full on. And I'm and, um, trust because this guy tamed the elephant. And he's taught, taught it what to do. Verse 9, it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it, with the tongue, we bless God and Father, and with it we curse men who are made in the similitude of God, the likeness of God. So think about it for a second. We as believers, we oh, we bless you, God. We love you, God. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. We worship you. We exalt you. We bless God, and we curse man with the same tongue. And what's he saying? Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things ought not to be so. Because if you couldn't tame it, how could he say that? You follow me? He says, guys, we, we, we bless God and we curse each other. Can't do it. At the same mouth, can't come blessing and cursing. Verse 11, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? I mean, have you ever seen a spring have fresh water and then the next second got salt water? And then fresh again? No, it's just either salt or fresh. Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, bear olives? Of course not. Or a grapevine bear figs? If a grapevine is going to bear grapes, the source of the grape is coming from the roots. It's going to produce grapes, not, not figs. Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Now it dives straight into being wise. Those who are wise... And understanding among you, let him show by good conduct or his behavior that his works are done in the humility of wisdom. I'll read it again. Who is wise and understanding among you? you know, we read that so lightly. We're talking about wisdom here. The powerful revelation of wisdom. Walking in wisdom. Who is wise? The wisdom of God. Who is wise? And understanding? Well, let him show it by his conduct of humility, of his deeds. Of what he does in meekness of wisdom. If you say you got wisdom, then then it's almost like show me the fruit of it by what you do. We don't have to talk to people about see my life. If I try to teach on parenting, my kids are out there in the world and smashed on drugs and wrecked their lives. Don't listen to me on parenting. Please don't. But if you see, hey, these kids are loving God, they all love God, then I'd I'd listen to me. I really would. I'm not trying to put myself up on Christine. I'm just saying, like, you know what I'm saying? You've got to see fruit. Uh, if, I, if I get marriage counseling for me and my wife, and we go to see someone, and that, uh, this is my fifth marriage. Can you really help us stay together? Fifth marriage. Help us. I'm going to go to someone that's got 50 years of marriage. Does it make sense? If I'm running a business, I'm not going to go to someone that's my sixth business, every one of them gone bankrupt. Can you show me how to run? What is it? That's no wisdom. I mean, come on. I want to go to someone that's got the wisdom. This is really what it's saying. He who is wise, let him show by his deeds. 
And then he goes to say, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. That's the bitter fountain. You can't flow the same fountain, the same source. Whoever has self-seeking and bitter envy, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not ascend from above, but is earthly, sensual, even demon-like. Any bitterness, any envy, any, the word strife is faction. What brings separation. Remember I was talking about unity and our diversity and our differences? The faction that the enemy wants to bring in is because I'm not like you. How come you're not like me? And our insecurities makes us compare one another. When I'm secure in the way God created me, I never want to be like anybody else. Whenever you want to be like somebody else, you are saying to the design of God, you didn't make me good. And we've all craved to be like somebody else. Our, our human fleshly nature, you know, like, oh, I love the way that guy speaks. I love the way that guy prays. I wish I was like him. I love the way that guy does that. Man, he's so gifted. I wish I had those gifts. I understand that. But when it turns into envy, strife, and division, comes from every it's it's the root of that source is evil sensual earthly and even demon-like now i don't know if you believe that do you believe anytime we're envious full of envy i can't be connected to the wisdom of god now you got to believe you can walk in purity to get the wisdom of god or else you won't get the wisdom of god stay with me there's one fountain that's connected to this fallen world this earth it's envious driven with selfish ambition and creates factions. Remember I was talking about the, the churches were in its factions. Once upon a time, the church was so divided. And still in some areas, we still need to not unite and see ourselves as one. It's going to happen. Revival, when it comes, it's going to be in unity. And it's going to be working together. We're going to realize we're on the same army. We're on the same side. There's only one kingdom. This is the kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness. That's it. We're on the same side fighting the same battle. Well, let's fight together. Let's put our forces together. We get souls and they get saved. Hey, we've got too many people. We can't put them in the, in the in this physical space. Ring a church down the road. Can you take these people because you need, they need to be cared for? We don't have any more space. Imagine doing that in a church. Giving other churches people to take care of and love. So, Let's read this. What does it say? For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Every evil thing. But the wisdom that is from above, this is what we want, isn't it? The wisdom that is from above, that we should be seeking above everything else, is first, or first of all, pure. Isn't that beautiful? Pure. Pure in motive, pure in heart, pure because I want to serve God. Pure, We just want to serve you, God. We want to love you. And when you're connected to God out of love, wisdom will flow. The next thing is then peaceable. Remember what peace means? It means the word is Irene. You know, the people that are called their children Irene. Irene means to be made one. So think about it. The peace that comes from heaven is to be made one again. That we are made one. One God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one purpose, one. one. We are one. Do you see yourself? You're a part of a body. Do you see? We're a part of a body. This is a body. There's only one body. We are one. That's when wisdom starts to flow. When we lean into each other's flow from heaven. 
I need what's in you. I need what's in every single one of you. You need what's in every single one of us. Peaceable. Then gentle. The word gentle literally means humble. Willing to yield. It's an interesting one. It means to be easily persuaded. What's the opposite of being easily persuaded, you reckon? Stubborn. Rebellious. That's it. My way or the highway. No, I'm right. I don't care. No. Well, you're not going to get the wisdom flowing when you think you're right no matter what. It's easily entreated. Easily you yield to persuasion. Again, full of mercy. That's interesting. Here it is again. Full of mercy. Good and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. If you walk in partiality, you're not going to tap into the wisdom of God. Partiality means I've got, I've got interior motives. So I make partial judgments. Do you understand? That hinders the wisdom of God. And hypocrisy means I'm not securing who I am, so I'm trying to be somebody I'm not. I put on a mask. The word hypocrisy was a picture of the actors who used to have a mask on to act, to be somebody else. So we're not happy with who we are, so we're trying to be somebody else. You're trying to do that, you're cutting yourself from wisdom. Because wisdom will flow when you're authentic, when you're real, when you're yourself. Does that make sense? Now the fruit of righteousness, of this lifestyle of wisdom, is sown in peace. By those who make peace. Why did it say that? That's a hard one. I said, it doesn't make sense in my brain. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I mean, I think it's still connected to it. Now, the fruit of righteousness, living this righteous lifestyle, is sown. This fruit of righteousness. We're living fruits of righteousness. Our lifestyle should be fruits of righteousness. How's it, how's it work? Sown in peace. That oneness again. By those who make peace. Oneness. Something powerful about oneness that connects us to wisdom and cuts us off when we individualism. Darling me, me and God. I struggle. I know this song, but I struggle. All I need is you. I love that song. I can sing it and worship God with it. But yet something's wrong in that song because I don't just need God. I need you too. He made us need one another. In heaven, you're not going to have a, heaven, a heavenly old time by being alone. You're going to have a heavenly old time, a magnificent, amazing, eternal place of glory forever. Because we are with one another for all eternity. In love, in purity, in humility, in grace, in magnificent purity fellowship. Wow. We all have mansions, but that you can't say, there's my mansion. I can go to anyone's mansion anytime I want. It's all ours. It blows people's minds. No, it's ownership. I want my mansion. I want my mansion. I'll let people in when I want to let them in. No, there's no doorbells. There's no locks. There's no doors in heaven. You just have people popping over anytime they want to. We don't understand that purity. That oneness. Oneness. It's peace. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace to become one again by those who sow that to become one again. To become one. That's what the word peace means. Why you're at peace? Because you're at one. You, your, your head is not fighting your heart. Your heart's not fighting your head. You're not worried. You're not full of fear. Anxiety, stress divides your thoughts. I'm at peace when I'm just with God. Can we pray? Father, we just thank you for your word. 
it so nourishes us, it helps us, it guides us, it directs us. It gives us all that we need. Your word is a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our pathway. We thank you, Father. I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to be given to every single one of us to walk us into the wisdom of God, to do the great things and exploits that God has called us to do. Father, we will walk in our gifting. We will walk in the grace you have given each and every one of us. We will lean on each other. We will pull on each other's gifts. And Lord, we receive from each other. We humble ourselves and say, God, we need one another. We need one another desperately, Father. But our eyes are on you always, Lord. And we find our security, our identity out of our love relationship with you. Release your wisdom, Father, that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. And Christ lives in us. We thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website ggclife.com or email us ggclife at ggclife.com from our house to yours be blessed